Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 258, and today we'll be talking about the track list for Steven Universe the Movie. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, it looks like when they say it's going to be a musical, they mean kind of like a Disney movie? I really thought it was going to be a little more back-to-back with the songs, but it seems as though... This is the first Steven Universe soundtrack we're getting from the movie that actually, as far as the digitally released version, is going to include background music. And so even though there's like 38 tracks on the soundtrack that they've released ahead of time on iTunes, where you can only listen to True Kind of Love right now, we can see all the song track names, like only 16 of them are lyrical, which is still a lot of songs. Oh yeah! But during the San Diego Comic-Con panel, Rebecca Sugar called it something like, six mr greggs or she put some some number however many minutes times 11 this movie is yeah mr greg was like a lot of music whereas for this it looks like maybe only half of it will be music right and so it's not going to be like lame is wall to wall the characters never stop singing and i honestly think 16 songs and i don't think this lists the length of the songs on it on itunes i don't see that uh, nope. 16 songs for an hour and a half runtime is still a lot a lot of songs. <laughs> There's going to be like, I think the math, that probably works out to at least two songs per 11 minutes, if not more. Yeah, that would be two songs per 11 minutes. Which is plenty of singing. Plenty of singing. But again, we'll have, we'll have plenty of time for some good old-fashioned talking traditional scenes too. So, I mean, ooh, I mean, I, I said it on Twitter, but what I'm really zooming in on is track 10, system boot, pearl final... <laughs> 3.info. It's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, without the... When we first just had the track list as reported either by Hollywood Reporter or some other news source, it might have been AV Club actually reported the track list first. That track easily stood out because it's like, how do, how do you even say it? <laughs> um, I am obviously really interested in that, but the mystery was definitely deepened by including... Who sings it, which weirdly includes... Bendy is in several of these, actually. Um, Obviously, I was looking at her her in Other Friends, but she is singing along with the gang in that Pearl song. Uh, The whole gang, I should point out. It's really weird, because I would have thought this song was about maybe even Pink Pearl, since we don't know a lot about her, or, you know, heavily featuring just Pearl herself as she maybe goes into some place inside because she's, well, at least as the song suggests, rebooting. But, uh, you know, it features a broken up Garnet because we have Charlene Yee and Erica Luttrell singing. And then also, weirdly, we have Bendy singing along because Sterile Styles is listed. And having Greg there, too, makes this whole scene really strange because it comes after the background music one-on-one where seemingly Stephen or perhaps Garnet actually is facing Bendy. And I guess the gang joins in because Garnet gets broken up. It's no longer a one-on-one. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at this track list. I'm so intrigued by that reprise. Yeah, so skipping past most of what happens in the movie, we, we would assume that Steven is able to win over Bendy at the end of the day. And he seemingly does because the song Let Us Adore You, that the diamonds sing for Stephen and including Stephen, weirdly, uh, at the beginning of the movie, is done at the end with Bendy as part of the gang, which is pretty weird to have her specifically with the diamonds, because what does that mean for Bendy's character? How 
important or high up is she? Why is she joining in with the Diamonds to praise Steven again? I also think the song's pretty weird in general because it has an almost religious overtone to it. It definitely sounds like a uh, like Christmas song that I feel like I've heard in my life. Come, let us adore him. Yeah, so I'm just imagining like baby Steven in a manger with his uh, pink diamond showing. Steven has the easiest job at the Beach City Nativity scene. <laughs> He's just the baby. I, well, he can transform into one uh, fairly easily. So that song's pretty weird. I'm Even talking about the beginning of the movie, the fact that the tale of Steven, as it's so titled, is told by the trio of diamonds is fascinating because we honestly haven't seen that relationship develop in any way in show. So to see the Diamond's perspective starting off the movie on either what they think of Steven's history or retelling Rose, you know, since they we never really fully understood how much they understood about Steven during the, the course of the show, uh, now we'll really get to see that. They might have learned a lot in two years. Yeah, they have had two years to learn, so I'm hoping that the tale of Steven will be fairly accurate. <laughs> right, it won't be like Garnet's retelling of Rose Court's history or or any other false history. Also, just having the trio of them singing is kind of insane. I mean, we've never heard White Diamond sing, and she actually appears to be the one. I believe that the way that they list the singers on the songs is actually their order of introduction. Now, this song might start with all three of them singing, but they list they list her first. Actually, in this case, it might be alphabetical, so I take it back. They're probably all together. But White Diamond's name is still first. She is most important. Um... But she, you know, she's going to be obviously the voice that fans are wanting to hear the most because we've already heard a duet between Yellow Diamond and, well, I guess Blue Diamond didn't, didn't do much singing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, the, the pearls were singing back up. I still, I still maintain that it would be awesome hearing an antagonistic duet between Yellow Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, unfortunately, unless uh, they have their own corruptions, probably no more antagonizing from the Diamonds. But uh, yeah, so having Bendy singing in all these songs is really weird. I guess when I thought about this movie before, obviously Bendy was going to be a central character, but I think the point was really driven home to me here that mm. the journey that Steven and the Diamonds and everyone else has gone through is going to affect what they're trying to ultimately, I guess, teach Bendy. Something that's encapsulated in the song Change, which comes late in the movie. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all Zach. That's all Steven. The only solo uh, Zach song. There's not a lot of solo songs, actually, in general, besides Estelle's, she actually has two solo songs in this, and then and then Change. I, I do like the, the instrumental track, Are We Interrupting Something? That I'm, <laughs> I'm just imagining that just being the diamonds just stumbling in on whatever the resolution of the conflict is. <laughs> the background music names really give us a sense, even more than the songs, of what is happening in this movie. And it is definitely different than just what the trailer revealed to us. A lot of what happens in the trailer seemingly happens only at the very earliest part of the movie or near the very end. And most of the middle appears to be skipped. Yeah, the basically all the stuff that you couldn't predict happening. Yeah, pretty much. I, Bendy's journey is super interesting, though. I mean, she appears to integrate with the gang early on, almost. Like, there's a reading of these track lists where she's not even an antagonist at the beginning. Yeah, that's that. That's what was surprising me. It's like, she's participating. I mean, she could ruin happily ever after, like, if she wanted. But, like, 
other friends. I, other friends could be could be being sarcastic. I mean, true. But uh, let me look at this list again because I think the Who We Are, which is sung by the uh, the backup Crystal Gems, also has. Does it have her in the listing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I'm I'm just looking at other friends. She starts that off, and it, it could be an antagonistic song where you know she has her verses and everyone else is like saying, uh-uh. I mean basically. Yeah, perhaps songs like Who We Are, which include her, are just more antagonizing, but I also don't understand how long fighting can keep happening. Like if it's just Bendy as one gem, you know, how can she really go from like interrupting their happily ever after to this is whatever dramatic thing happens to Pearl to then another Who We Are song, and it just, like, keeps going. But then it leads into a search party where Bendy disappears, seemingly. Yeah, she's absent from a lot of these songs in the middle, so it's almost like she shows up, does a lot of character stuff after plopping that drill down, and then just wanders away and leaves everyone to do some soul-searching. Yeah, and I can't remember where I was hearing this interview recently again. Or actually, it's not an interview. After seeing some of the reviews of the movie, which give us more insight into just the overtones of what happens. There seems to be a lot more focus than I initially thought there might be about sort of recapping the journey that all of our Crystal Gems have like been on and, and Steven's been on and that really being one of the driving themes throughout the movie. And so I, I guess that middle part where Bendy's gone could be some of where we explore that that kind of stuff. You know, and, and songs like Echoes of Friendship could be, you know, it's only a background song. But does that lead us into something where, you know, we end up having a, a duet between just Zach and Michelle Diaz, so just Stephen and Amethyst? You know, does that, where where is that showing, like, their journey alone? So we kind of get these seemingly, like, solo moments that highlight some relationships that the characters have. And then obviously we get an Opal song who features yes. a completely unknown person in yes. it. Yes, <laughs> and I just, I was, I was looking at Independent Together myself, and I'm just saying... If you don't mind being spoiled for a pretty big reveal, go ahead and look up the name of the character Ted Leo voices. It is hype. So I only looked up Ted Leo, and so the only context I have is that I know that he and Amy Mann did did music together. They actually had a pretty funnily named uh, duet or duo called The Double, but it's like indie rock, which, you know, the crew universe loves. But, um... This song not only featured him as weird, but the fact that it features Opal's voice actress and Pearl, but not Amethyst, is uh, hmm. like, what? what is that about? How is Amethyst not a part of whatever leads into it, but Pearl is, you know? Maybe maybe Amethyst is playing drums? Who knows? I don't know. Unless it has something to do with Ted Leo and Amethyst, you know, is Purple Puma and now features a more masculine voice. I hope that's a ridiculous guess instead of the correct guess. But um, that is very interesting. But I'm not going to look up Ted. Well, I will look up Ted Leo right after we record this. <laughs> but Yeah, it's, uh, it's a song I'm pretty hyped for. Not just because of Opal, but I mean, Opal always. Yeah, I can't believe Opal's coming back unless she's somehow miraculously not voicing opal and she's just singing because we have had songs in steven universe where people sing but they're not actually featured like stevani it doesn't technically sing the song that we hear at the end of the watermelon steven episode whose name escapes me escapism yeah that's the one yeah drift away just by bendy found between bendy and steven yeah that i mean seeing this villain having 
an emotional journey that we explore completely from her perspective. Uh, you know, how how does Drift Away work with Steven not witnessing her? Does this movie stay from Steven's perspective the whole time, just like the show? She could be singing to him, especially if they have a duet just after that. Yeah, it's just another fascinating rule of Steven Universe that if they follow it, we don't get to see these characters on their own without Steven somehow witnessing it. I'm kind of surprised that Steven and Bendy don't have a song, just the two of them, after the resolution of everything, to be honest. It is weird, but she is seemingly with the diamonds. (laughs) So whatever that means. I I really want to know how that diamond song even works at the beginning and end, like, are they off on Homeworld? Are they on Earth when they sing this? Seemingly, the diamonds are on Homeworld. I don't know why they're singing this. Like for like in in a movie like Hercules, it makes sense for some you know trio of women to sing to us at the beginning because we know we're watching <laughs> a movie. But also because of Greek choruses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Stephen, you know, is obviously broadcasting a message to all of the gems. But do they really need to know this story? So I don't know who the diamonds are singing to. And then for that to happen again with Bendy is, uh, well, I'm really now excited to see the journey of Bendy in this movie. I didn't realize that the antagonist was going to be so important, but I don't know why I ever thought would think different of a show created by Rebecca Sugar. I mean, obviously her journey is going to matter a lot too. I mean, there is hope for people who are hoping for a violent end to Bendy in that she's (laughs) in that Let Us Adore You reprisal with the diamonds, but not in the finale. So they can always, for another week, hope that it's another antagonistic song where she loses. (laughs) But... Again, I don't don't think it's that kind of show. It's not. Maybe maybe she runs away, but I don't think so. I don't (laughs) expect so. I mean, I love... I, I, I kind of... It hurts me to know that shattering is such a cool concept in Steven Universe because I don't think I've ever... I mean, there's surely because humans have made lots of fictitious stories in their existence. But I haven't seen a lot of stories of like where people die, but then their consciousness is sort of split. Like the the implications of how gems die is pretty horrible. But unfortunately, we don't get to explore it that much. I mean, they don't even like focusing on the cluster that much or anything else outside of a single episode. But, um, you know, uh, death would be cool. I- actually, with the new Invader Zim movie that came out, I had kind of been going back on the history and the original way that they wanted to end Zim, one of the ways was that just both he and Dib die. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that's a very natural end for a show. Uh, in this case, you know, to have Bendy around as another character if there were more Steven Universe episodes may potentially not work. So, hey, maybe they could shatter her. I don't think that'll happen. Also, since she gets lost once in this movie, I doubt she would get lost <laughs> again. That's sort of a weird <laughs> thing to do. But yeah, she's not in that finale, so who knows. Yeah, I mean, you know, the I think the finale is kind of about restoring that happy ending that Steven wanted. So I guess it would make sense for her not to be there. But... If the movie's other central theme is about change and accepting change to happen, then surely it's not just going to be the status quo at the end, right? Like something, Mm. it may not be a huge fundamental shift, but I would assume by the finale, it's not just about restoring order to the world, right? Like Steven's going to have learned something new too. And something about Bendy is going (laughs) to have have had an effect on their world potentially. Oh, well, yeah, kind of does a number on it. Well, yeah, we'll see how they heal Earth after. You know, it was looking a lot worse than when the cluster was erupting. Quick, Steven, think about snakes! <laughs> yeah, it turns out that's all he has to do. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm kind of happy that it's only going to be a half musical, not a 100% musical. <laughs> but 
you know, I, I, I need my dialoguey bits too. Yeah, I, I think this is going to touch it all. And again, just based on the pre-reviews that I've seen, you know, and I, I can't believe they didn't select us as well to get an early screening. I don't know how that didn't happen, um, you know. Yes, with our broad reach. Right. I mean, I'm assuming you've been checking your email inbox. I know I forgot to check mine, but... Uh... <laughs> I have a forward set up now, so I won't miss anymore. Yeah. No, actually, same. But, you know, they clearly put so much time into this movie that it would be impossible for this 38 song track list to be 38 lyrical songs. And, you know, based we, we have everyone that we've ever wanted to see sing in this show sing. Even Lars is in the finale. <laughs> I really hope he's in. It'd be cool to have him in more of this because if, as some new art book suggests, this movie is potentially an end to Steven Universe which is weird because we've kind of had conflicting reports about that. I, I'd be really remiss not to see Lars get to use some of his lion powers. And uh, this would be such a fit for that. But based on the track list, Lars has really nothing to do with this movie. But Sadie sings in it somewhere in the middle. And Lars and Sadie could be dating. And, you know, so he could be around. But he has literal lion powers. I mean, he's like maybe even more powerful than some of the other gems. Okay, so hear me out. What if, for most of the movie... Lars is in court with Emerald, arguing over the fate of the Sun Incinerator. Ugh, please let there be some ridiculous excuse to keep him out of the movie that pisses me off right at the start. <laughs> and then, after the court proceedings are over, the he comes with the diamonds to Earth, and that's when they just stumble upon whatever resolution was happening. <laughs> just in the most comedic way possible. You know, I would appreciate if at least they did address why Lars wasn't involved. And I feel like they pretty much will have to. And I would obviously appreciate if it was comedic instead of really boring. Like, he had to cook the whole time. <laughs> like, you know, having him fighting against Emerald would be a lot better. I was preparing the biggest ube roll ever. You know, one, one the oh size of God. fluorite. And I just could not be disturbed. <laughs> yeah, are are he in the... Because the, the off-colors aren't really... Not only that, not only are the off colors not really included, but really, this movie is not about introducing any of the new characters besides oh, Bendy, because they're at least not featured in songs, which is a little surprising. But yeah, Lars and the off colors sort of, if there was ever a reason to need a spinoff for them, their exclusion from this movie definitely supports it. I mean, they could be off adventuring, you know, testing the waters for a spinoff. Yeah. Oh, speaking of characters that could die, maybe Pat Barasha will die in this movie. Oh, a uh, man no. can dream. Never. <laughs> uh, Never no. will the sweetest Padparasha ever perish. Look, she's fine. If her version from the Lars spinoff comics ever was in this movie, that would be great. Like, if she just said a single sentence that wasn't, um, you know, yeah, that would super be nice, cringy, that would be all perfect. <laughs> but she's also sweet just the way she is. I that is the lesson I was supposed to learn. I yes. <laughs> yes, yes it was. <laughs> Wait, do we get this soundtrack a day before the movie actually releases? I think it's a day after. Okay. So that's smart of them. Yep. That would be really weird if Here, it was the day before. Here, you can listen to the entire plot happening. Well, there are some people who are lucky who will be able to uh view it a day early though. So some stuff might leak onto the internet, although I'm sure they'll be very respectful. I know Sophia wanted to go really bad, but the tickets apparently were just like immediately bought up. So, and it's not a day, it's a week. 
by the time this episode goes live, people should be getting ready to watch the advanced screening. Oh, for real? I thought it was August 2nd. It must have been, or September 2nd, but it wasn't. Watch out, everybody. Yeah, so there may be spoilers online, but I feel like if there was ever a chance for fans of Steven Universe to respect, (laughs) this would be now. I think that if there was ever a chance for people to make up false spoilers to confuse the people trying to give up real spoilers, this is a challenge the internet's going to rise to. (laughs) Oh, that is such an evil idea, GC. That really makes me want to go create some new Reddit accounts right now. Ooh. (laughs) Hello, everybody. My uncle is Nintendo, and I also saw the advanced screening. (laughs) (laughs) My uncle at Nintendo went to the advanced screening, and boy, did he have some things to say. Mario was actually in (laughs) the finale. No, okay. But anyway, guys, that's been us on the Steven Universe the Movie track list. The movie's going to be out in a week. Be ready. Until next week, though, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or if this episode's on YouTube, uh, smash smash that like button, y'all. Smash that like button and subscribe. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.